This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I go into the room and I say, hey, before we get started, I want to ask you about the me. And he says, why would you do that? Why would you be the, of all the people in the world? I thought you would just not ask me. And so now I'm pissed because I'm like, me and you are dudes. We're good. Why are you tripping on me in front of the cameras? He and Ashton are both screaming at me like, yeah, that's bullshit. That is bullshit to you, dude. I was like, get the out of here. I'm doing my job. Hey, now what's cracking? Welcome back to the Jim Rohn Podcast, where I am chilling with one of my all-time favorite people for episode number 267. Not only one of my all-time favorite people, but one of the best people ever to grab a pop with or have over for a dinner invite. And if you're a long-time Jungle listener, you already know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about none other than the legend, the icon, Butta Entertainment Tonight's Kevin Frazier. I'm telling you, Kevin Frazier is truly one of one. I don't think there's another human being who has seen what he has seen and done what he has done and worked where he has worked, which is exactly why there is pretty much no better dude to have a long form, unfiltered conversation with. So let's not waste any more time. Let me get right at it. It's episode 267 with one of my all time favorite people, Kevin Frazier. My brother, Butter K. Frage. How you living, dude? It is magical to hear your voice, man. Dude, I feel the same way. How you doing, brother? How are things? I am so good, man. I, I mean, look, living good, you know, living well, just like you, just like you, keeping up with you. My man, you know, I'm going to call bullshit on that right now. Listen, Kev, so we're rolling right now. I want to get right to this. And let me just start on a personal note. I want to ask you something. You, you're an exceptionally gifted and talented dude. You bust your ass. You always have. All hustle. But let me get, I'm getting to this part of my life where I do shit like this. Step back for one minute. When you step back and you look back over the past 30 years or so, and you look at your career and what you've accomplished, what kind of thoughts do you have? Um... I, sometimes I look and I'm like, I can't believe it. I mean, you know, things happen or I, I turn on the TV and I look at retrospectives of things and I'm like, damn, I was there for that. Oh, wow. I got to do that. You know, whether it was Michael Jordan's last shot and and meeting Michael on the court, whether it was, you know, Brad Pitt when he got divorced from Jennifer Aniston <laughs> being in Tokyo, interviewing him for that. I mean, there have been all these crazy moments over my career and it kind of makes me laugh the other day i was flying back from the coronation i had to stop in new york to interview janet jackson and it's weird when someone that you know you watch all the time walks in and is like kev how have you been and so you just you you look at those moments and you're just like life is crazy and my life is insane it's insane dude it's, it's so amazing i to do you can't but it's so amazing it's so i love that so much like who else could say that who else could say you talk about a career arc who else could say i was the guy who got to talk to brad pitt when he divorced jennifer aniston and i was the guy who was there when mj took his last shot who else could say that 
it, it's crazy, you know, like I, I think about like Kobe's last game, you know, uh, and then I, uh, then I think about, you know, great moments at the Academy Awards or even the Grammys or, or things like that, that I, I've gotten to see. And it's just unbelievable. Even, you know what, there's a new Netflix documentary about Anna Nicole Smith coming out. And I, I look up and I'm like, yeah. And I remember sitting in the living room of Anna Nicole's house after she passed away with Howard and Larry looking at CNN, talking about them while we were sitting in there. And it felt like the ghost of Anna was following us around, but we were just sitting in that living room. So it, there's been all these crazy, crazy moments, man. My God, dude, you've got like eight books in you. That is so weird that you just said that. I feel like, you know, like at that time when you and I first met and we did the FX Sports Show, I mean, like the Anna Nicole Smith thing, like she was the biggest thing in the world and we couldn't yeah. get enough of her. And that's when reality TV really started. Does that feel like that was 20, 25 years ago? Or does that feel like 20, 25 minutes ago? Um, it, it feels like 25 minutes ago because, you know, I remember the day she died running to Larry Burkhead's house and he literally met me at the door screaming, tell me this is not true. Tell me this is not true because we had a crew with Anna when she passed away. And so he was watching it on TV in his house and he's just like, he grabs me. And he's like, tell me this isn't true. This isn't true. This isn't true. It was just, uh, it was pure insanity. So it seems like just, it all happened minutes ago in a crazy blur. Kevin, I've always said that you are my favorite. I mean, not only one of my best friends and favorite people in the history of the world. You are the single best dinner guest ever because there's never been a person oh. who had better stories than you. Like, I feel like I can tell a story, but I don't have your stories. Nobody has your stories. I mean, we could just run them down. Like, Anna Nicole Smith is one that we just gravitated to. Like, if I were to say to you, give me another one of those holy fuck type of things. Do you gravitate to entertainment or sports? Like, what would be the next thing that just kind of like popped into your brain that was on that same level? of intensity um there well jim there have been a lot of crazy ones but like oh, it, one of my favorite ones and it, it goes back to you know first let me tell the story of us being at dinner you and i are at dinner we're breaking bread we're having a great time in walks kobe right and we both turn to kobe and we say hey man sit down and join us right 10 o'clock at night have a drink with us you know or whatever have some dessert or something and kobe looks at us both and what does he say I gotta go work out. And we're like, in the morning, bruh, you're, he's like, no, I'm going to work out now. It was 10 o'clock at night. And so I, I think of, you know, now that he's gone Kobe off and, and I think of, we went to a make a wish trip to um, into Sacramento and on the flight, we just talked basketball. But once we got there, like he focused on this kid so much. It was this young man, he was like 20 years old. He had liver cancer. And we held a little party for him. And then Kobe went into the back with him and they sat for two and a half hours, just hanging, talking Lakers. The kid couldn't believe it. He was crying, looking at Kobe. And, um, you know, they just talked and he died a week later. And I saw Kobe about a week and a half later. And he was like, man, that kid passed away. I'm so happy I could spend time with him. And it just makes me think about the times away from the court, away from the stuff that I got to spend with somebody as special as Kobe, you know, in, in those moments it, that it, were so incredible. It, it's, I'm so glad you brought that up and you shared that. If I'm not mistaken, too, when you and I saw him that night at dinner and he said he couldn't stay, not only was he going to get that workout in like at 10 o'clock, it was off season. Like it was not in the season. Yeah. He just, that was oh, just no, no, his no. thing. It was the middle of summer. Right. It was the summer. Right, right. And, 
I, and we were both, when he said, I've got to go work out, we both looked at him like, really? You're going to do us like that? And then he was like, no, I'm going to work out now. And I was like, oh, okay. Did okay. You, and you know that was either the second or third workout of that day oh, in the middle of summer. Oh, you know that. Like, like, So what do you think? Like, You mentioned Kobe. I think, Kevin, it's like I remember thinking this, and I thought the same thing about both these two individuals. I thought it when I heard about Kobe passing, and I mm-hmm. certainly thought about it when I heard about Pat Tillman. Like, I couldn't believe it. When Pat Tillman passed away, I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. It was like the most naive thing ever, and I've said this before, Kevin, that, well, yeah, he went to war. This is what happens, but he was such a larger-than-life figure. I always expected Pat Tillman to come back. When you heard yeah. what happened to Kobe, what went through your mind? Did you have a similar emotion like, no, no not Mamba. I mean, that, that doesn't happen to Mamba. Jim, this is what's crazy. I'm getting ready to do the Grammys pre-show at Staples Center of all places. And so we're preparing to do the Grammys pre-show and it scrolls across and then TMZ is reporting that Kobe was in this accident, blah, blah, blah. So the first thing we do is we reach out to Shawnee O'Neal, who her daughter was in the gym playing and she's like, they just sat all the girls down. Something happened. And I was like, okay, so could this be true? And I was like, no, 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 no. And then somebody else called me and I was like, no, 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 no. And then I talked to Shawnee again and she was like, Kobe was in an accident with Gigi. And it just, it was a mind numbing day because now you had some of the biggest stars in the music world. They were walking into the house that Kobe built and you were, it just, it took, music's biggest night was secondary to everyone thinking about Kobe Bryant because he had become synonymous with LA. But also you have to remember at that point, that's Kobe, the Oscar winner, you know? I remember being on the red carpet the night he won his Oscar, standing there and cheering and hugging him that night that he won his Oscar. He was Kobe, the businessman. He was Kobe, the philanthropist. And also what he was about to do for women's basketball was going to change everything. Jim, we were in Columbus and um, I went to the final four, the women's final four, because my um, intern played for Mississippi State. So we're there at, and we're watching them play Notre Dame in that famous game in the um, in the finals where it looked like they were going to win a national championship and the Latin Notre Dame hit that last second shot. And as I was walking out, I see Kobe sitting there. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> he's like, you know, I go everywhere where Gino goes. I'm, I'm watching UConn and everything. And it's like, he was so invested in building women's basketball. And so it was such a loss. Gigi was such a loss because she was going to be a transformative player. Oh, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef very seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. For those of you who like to take things up a notch, next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? 
you know, Kevin, that picking up on that point that Kobe was synonymous with L.A., let me transition to this for a minute. When you look at the Lakers, and I mean, amazing to be that they are where they are right now. To start the year two and ten, you see LeBron playing at a ridiculous level, even at thirty-eight. But let me ask you this: There are Laker fans that will never see him as a true Laker, not in the way they see Kobe or even Magic or Jerry West. In your opinion, would another ring change that, or is LeBron always going to be kind of on the outside looking in? Well, I think that what's hard is because LeBron had won another ring somewhere else that it was hard for people. But let's not forget, Kareem won a ring somewhere else, you know, before he came to Los Angeles. And, you know, Wilt was other places before he came to Los Angeles. So what we I think the bigger thing with LeBron is that he was the one who came in and kind of changed the culture across the board because of what he's doing in the entertainment space. Forget about basketball for a second. And look at what he's done as an entertainment mogul. And if you look at the movies, the series, the the um, social, and also just the, the game-changing programming that he has created, it's unbelievable and it's hands down. To go along with the fact that he's one of the greatest players ever, just look at the stuff that he created. So I look at LeBron as one of the greatest basketball players ever. But I also look at him in the same vein when I say a Magic or a Kobe or someone like that, who their career was more than just about dribble the damn ball. You know what I mean? Dribble and shut up. It was or shut up and dribble. It was about much more than that. And they have had a huge impact on our society. And so that's what I think about when I think about LeBron, the Laker. I think about LeBron, the person who has changed our society. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I respect that. And I agree with you. I agree with all that, except for one thing. In terms of the content, like he's a monster. He's a monster when it comes to content. Mm -hmm. But Kevin, there's one thing I've got to say. He flat out fucked up Space Jam and that franchise, and he fucked it up for me, and he fucked it up for anybody who had anything to do with the original. Let me say this. Let I don't want to speak for Mike. Space Jam was a mistake. Space Jam was a mistake. No, it was the biggest it's fucking mistake ever. He fucked it up for all of us. As somebody who was in the original, me, Kevin, I, I just I can't let that go, man. How do you do that to such a great, great franchise? I will never forgive Braun for that. I'm grateful for a lot of things he's done, but he fucked that franchise up. Listen, everything's not a home run and everything can't be a home run. But I mean, he remade the movie. It, he took a chance and not all chances work out. I will say this, like, look, White Men Can't Jump, it's, which is coming out now. The remake, fantastic. It's amazing. Not all remakes are perfect. Not all remakes are good. A lot of them suck because people are so caught up in the nostalgia and they don't rethink them and redo them. So look, it was what it was, and there's a group of kids, unfortunately for you and everybody else, that are going to grow up on the new Space Jam. Not that, the that, old one. Not that, the that classic. Is, that is gravely oh, unfortunate. I don't want to speak for my co-star, Mike, but, man, we'll never we'll never get over that. <laughs> it's so good. You know, dude, uh, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Let me ask you something. Like, I was thinking, we're talking, you mentioned Kareem. So when yeah. I go back, you and I have known each other a long, long, long time. I remember my sit-down, my first and only sit-down with Kareem, and it just it was a, not a good experience. You know, I'll never forget, like, when I started on talk to on ESPN2, our mutual friend Mark Shapiro would go out there and prep the guests, and I'd be like, how is he? How is he? Or how is she? How is she? And Shap inevitably would say, great, great, great. Everything's perfect. They love you. They love being here. And it wasn't always true, but he was not going to tell me his talent that somebody was not in a good way because he didn't want to send me out to the set in a bad way. So this went on every single night for like two years, and when Cream came in, I said, how is he? Knowing that he couldn't have been happy to be there. And he looks at me and he goes, good luck with that one. 
That's the only time he ever said that. And when I went in the green room, I sat across from Kareem, Kevin, and I'm like, Kareem, really nice to meet you. How are you? Great to have you here. How are you? And nothing. Just deadpans me. Not even a hi, hey, here are my concerns. Dude, he didn't even respond. It was so odd and so weird. I'm curious. You've interviewed everybody under the sun. Have you ever had an experience like that where they're not always happy to do it, but where somebody straight up just didn't even respond? That was off camera. So when he showed up on camera, he was slightly better. Let me say this. Kareem has changed over the years. Now he is outspoken. When you talk to him, he is articulate and incredible. He is is an important voice in the world now. And, you know, we need to cherish that voice. Back in the day, he was a very difficult person to deal with when it came to interviews after games or if you wanted to talk to him. That He was just a tough guy to deal with. He is the equivalent of Tommy Lee Jones in the entertainment industry for me. Tommy Lee don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> if he's supporting a movie, he doesn't care. He may just not answer your questions. Or if he does, he'll answer them with one word, you know, like one word's like, you're right, okay, whatever. And, um, you know, it's wild because... He just literally, he breaks people down. Because if you're not prepared for that, in the lightweight world of entertainment, you know, when you're coming in for a movie junket and people are all happy, and then they meet um, grumpy grandpa who just crushes you, (laughs) it's hard. And so people have come out crying, but it is universally known that when you go into the room with Tommy Lee Jones, you better be be prepared. Bring a hat and a lunch and be prepared. I mean, have the hard hat on because he ain't messing around. He Like, it's a trip when you... When you're sitting across from somebody, and the last time I interviewed him, I came in so loaded with information. I even had charitable stuff, his college career. I mean, all kinds of just bullshit because I knew he may not answer questions about the movie. He may just be like, no, I don't want to talk about that or no, or, you know, like give you one word answer. So I literally had to come in with like going back to him and Al Gore, his roommates at Yale. It was that kind of, it was, we went that deep because he just doesn't give a damn. He really doesn't. Kevin, and there are people, yeah. there are people like that, Jim. You know. No, oh, no, and I love that. I love that analogy. I love that story there, because Kevin, you and I know, as somebody, as people who do interviews for a living, it just seems like. I mean, mm. you and I approach every single day, every single thing the same way. We want consistency. We want to be pros. You know, they'll love us, they'll hate us, whatever. Mm. But we come to work every single day, and that's why you and I are still doing this at a fairly high level, this far into our careers, because we respect the craft and the grind. However. It seems to me, tell me I'm wrong, a few times a year, it just feels like stakes are a little bit higher for a certain sit-down, or even a few times over the course of our career. I agree with you 100%. I knew that going into a particular interview, man, I better be butting the fuck up. Like, I better be on my game. If not, that person will kill me. I'll get your ass kicked. Exactly. Who else is like that? I remember, for instance, before you answer, I remember the first time I met Bill Russell. Man, I went to that like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Man, I better be... Be right for that. I better be right for that because he has no time for it otherwise. Who else is like that for you? Oh, there have been a but I will tell you this another time where I really got cooked in an interview, and it's interesting because um they're in the news right now is Cameron Diaz and uh and and Jamie Foxx and you know thinking about Jamie and hope that he's okay. And it's interesting that they're working on a movie now, but we love Jamie, so um I was at the Annie Junket and I turned and I asked Cameron about a quote that was in the news. And it was that, you know, Diddy had said Cameron Diaz was the one that got away. And I was like, what do you make of that quote? And her head spun around. 
And she got pissed off. And she was like, why would you ask me that? What, what, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to stir up shit? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to back up. So I turned to Jamie and I asked a question to Jamie. And Jamie's like, oh, hell no. I'm not getting you out of this. You need to work things out with her. Go ahead. We watch it. And so the whole room, it's like Chaz Palmateri, um, Kuvenzene Wallace, and, um, and Jamie are all watching me deep in the mud as Cameron Diaz gets in my ass. And she tore me up. I mean, tore me up. But it was just one of those days you walk out and you're like, hey, sometimes it happens. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But she literally torched my ass. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. I mean, dude, it's an amazing story. But looking back, listen, we we would all do certain things differently. But is that one of those yeah. things where it just didn't work out? I don't think that question's unfair or out of line. Do you regret I asking the question or the ass no. chewing? No. And, and look, and, and and I mean, I think that my my fame is when I think of my favorite story of getting in an argument with somebody, you know, when I, when I was in sports and when we were still working together at Fox, I played in the NBA entertainment league. And on my team, I had, um, I had Ashton Kutcher. I had a guy named Scott Speedman. Um, uh, Bob Myers, the GM for the, for the warriors was on my team. And so we had a nice little team. It was fun. You know, we all kind of had, you know, nice little rapport, you know, I would go in the games, talk a lot of junk and everything. So I saw Ashton um, doing interviews for A Lot Like Love, and he was with Demi Moore. And I'm, I go into the room, and I sit down, and I um, and I say, hey, before we get started, I want to ask you about Demi. And he says, why would you do that? Why would you be the, of all the people in the world, I thought you would just not ask me. About, and, it, and he goes off. He gets pissed. And so now I'm pissed because I'm like, me and you are dudes. We're good. Why are you tripping on me in front of the cameras in the, so we're both heated. So I try to finish the, I finish the interview and he is just pissed during the interview. So we walk out into the hallway in the four seasons and his publicist, who is now my neighbor and good friend, um, is there. And he and Ashton are both screaming at me like, yeah, that's bullshit. That is bullshit that you do. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm doing my job. You better back up. And they're, we're screaming at each other people coming out of rooms in the four seasons. Um, and I'm like, wow, I'm cooked. I may even be fired because I just cussed them out in the four seasons. I go back, my boss, Linda Bell Blue, she says, listen, honey, don't you worry about it. That movie doesn't exist in our world. So I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I got your back. So about two weeks later, I get off the elevator at the Super Bowl, Chicago Bears, the one that the Bears were playing in the last Bears Super Bowl. And as I get off the Super Bowl, as I get off the elevator, somebody comes and tackles me, jumps on my back and is laughing. Is like, <laughs> I look up, it's Ashton. And I'm like, dude, I wanted to beat your ass. He's like, come sit with us, man. Come watch the game. And it's just how crazy Hollywood can be sometimes where you have those moments like 
you know, you know, where things get so intense, then the next time you see him, he's laughing and happy. And, you know, it's like, we're all good. He, you're like, are, are you like, are we? What the fuck, man? How I, high, how high were you I that felt. day? I was like, are we good? Are we good? Are you fucking now with me like, again? Or is this, like, are oh. we punked? Or like, what the fuck are you doing, Ashton? I thought I was getting punked. I was like, what is happening? What is, I mean, this dude is going off on me right now in a junket. Like he's getting in my ass. He killed me. He was, and I was like, you know, you know, when somebody's yelling at you and you get heated where you're, you're just like, you can't even look or think straight because you're so heated because this guy is screaming at you and you're like, um, we're homies. You got an all right little jump shot. You really can't go left. I mean, <laughs> you. Dude, do you think it's possible? I mean, am I reaching here? Do you think it's possible that if we were to find that guy right now, that he would not even know what happened? Like he forgot the whole thing? Like that was just fucking forget, like this it was is Wednesday how, to him? This is, this is how crazy it is. Amanda Pete was the other actor in the room, right? And for years, because our kids were in the same class, I was embarrassed every time I walked around Amanda because of that day. I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I don't even, oh. And I'd see Amanda and we'd talk and we'd hug and blah, blah, blah. But I was still always so embarrassed. I'm like, she must think I'm such an asshole. And so one day, finally, I brought it up to her. And I was like, you know, I just want to apologize to you for that day at the Lot Like Love junket and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she looks at me and she's like, what? She's like, what are you talking about? I don't even remember it. I know it, it, there was some shit going on with him that day, but I don't even remember it. And I was like, wow, I've spent the last five years in my feelings. And you don't even remember. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> right, right. Like the last five years of my feelings, like 30 years later, we're still talking about it. And like I said, to that guy, that was just Wednesday. Like when he jumped on your back, he probably didn't even remember. Like, No, he doesn't remember. He's like, it is what it is. Fuck, you know? man, like I said, to my point, best dinner guest ever, Butter, k Fresh. Seems to me also, you know, why do they do shit like that? The same reason anybody does anything. They fucking were trying to bully you that day and you didn't back down. So it didn't work, but it usually does work for them. And one more thought about that. How important was it, Kevin? How great did it feel to know that you had a boss that had your back because your job is not an easy job and you got to do your job? It's always nice to know they've got your back, right? It was one of the greatest days of my life because literally I went back to the office like, I'm going to have to make this call to my wife. All right, I'll, I'll be doing sports again next week. Um, but she was just like, ah, that movie doesn't even exist to us. And I was like, that's beautiful. I mean, this is the same woman who went toe-to-toe -to -toe with George Clooney and said, for two years, we won't cover you, George Clooney. We're good. We'll be okay without you. So I, I, I respect That's balls, that dude. Dude, let me jump in. That's balls. That's and balls that's to say something like that, right? Tough. Just tough as nails. That's what I loved about her. Tough as nails. Kevin, before you go, let me ask you really quickly. Like, I'll cut right to the chase on this one. Back to sports for a minute. What the hell is going on with John Morant? What is his deal? You know, and this is the difference between now and in the past. Think about, Jim, some of the idiotic, crazy shit we've seen covering different players at different times. And you never, it, it went under the radar. It did. I mean, We've seen some stuff. I've been in some rooms I've, that if I repeated, dudes would get divorced today or they'd lose everything they have. And so when you think about that, you think about a guy now who is growing up in the social media age and who benefits from the social media age, but also doesn't understand how that affects you. Um, when you get a signature shoe with Nike, it's not because they think it's cool to carry guns around. Um, when you get a, you know, when you get, to be the face of a franchise, you, you can't go bowing kids in the face. 
So I just think that he didn't understand fully the assignment and what had been gifted to him. And it's very hard. You have to have somebody around you that is there to clean the deck and also tell you, this is a different time, man. Everything you do is scrutinized. Just like, Jim, think about everything we do is scrutinized. It's played over and over again for people. You can say one little thing, you could have one little mishap and it's played over and over and over again because of the internet and social media. We came along before that and we know how crazy it was. So when I look at Ja, I see a dude who doesn't understand how important he is and what it what he means to other this franchise, people around the country, and the gift he's been given. Be an ambassador, be a leader, and don't fuck this up. Don't. Because there are dudes who have, and there are dudes who have lost everything. And you can go meet them tonight. They're out there. They're out there. And they all wish that they could go back and redo it again. Butter. Somebody should play that for him. Listen, with respect to your time, before you go really quickly, the movie theater business, Kevin, got crushed during the pandemic, has not come close to rebounding, I don't think, to pre-2020 levels. Listen, there's still some movies that you have to see in the theater, right? Like, I'm not going to watch John Wick 4 from my couch. I would say the same thing about Top Gun. I'm an old head now, but... Got to see Top Gun in in the Have to, right? Have to. And and this is a big Tom Cruise house, and I'm not going to apologize for that either. Where do you come out on this? I mean, is this one of those crazy old head, old man notions? Or is there something to the fact or the notion that Tom Cruise might be the last true movie star left? So Tom Cruise is so good at when you make a movie, you're making a product that you then sell, right? And no one knows how to sell a product like Tom Cruise. Will Smith's close on his heels. Jamie Foxx is good at it. But Tom Cruise is the greatest salesman ever. And he knows his assignment. He knows his genre. He knows what he does well. And he's locked into it and he does it. I'm not going to say he's the last movie star ever because I do believe there's a few coming up in this next generation that get it. Michael B. Jordan gets it. He is there and he has the ability to be that kind of star. But as of right now, I mean, yeah, Tom's on an island, man, because he's just different when tom comes to to do a premiere or a junket or whatever he knows who you are he remembers your name he'll drop your name in there he'll hug you he'll ask about your mama i mean one of my favorite things is he when he was doing one of the mission impossible um tours throughout europe jan carl our reporter then was following him around and jan took her mom with her and they were in berlin and it was about 85, 90 degrees, it was really hot. And as Tom was walking down the, the line, he came to Jan and he saw her mom and he said, hey, how are you doing? Hugged the mom and then started to talk to Jan and he saw the mom starting to faint. Tom grabbed her mom and held her and held her until they could get her medical attention. And I was just like, damn, Tom. <laughs> but that's Incredible. who he is. He, you know, he knows the people, he knows the places, he gets it. He really gets it. And he's locked in. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learn to snowboard 
also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. All right, Kevin, one last thought. Keep it here in SoCal. For your money right now, what is the single best L.A. sporting experience that there is? Because this is a town. You know this town. This is not a great sports town. It's a great sports town if you win, but there are so many options. What is the best sporting experience in L.A. right now? Jim, here's what I'm going to tell you. There is nothing like LAFC. There's not even close to anything like LAFC. And you're talking to a guy who got Lakers season tickets. Um, But LAFC is something special and it's different. And it's a place where you bring your family and it's a, it's, you have never seen anything like the 3252 at LAFC, the 3,252 people who chant and sing the entire game. It is a part, it's like a big house party and you feel like this familial attitude and surroundings. It is the greatest experience and they've won a championship. They, they're coming off a championship. They have a chance to now win the CONCACAF championship, only become the second team in U.S. history to win that. And it, it, it is something special. And you need to go down there now and see Carlos Vela because Carlos Vela is, after LeBron, the biggest star in L.A. I'm going to say that again. Wow. Carlos Vela, after LeBron, is the biggest star in L.A. Don't. I didn't. I meant what I said. And then there's a kid there now, Denis Boanga, who is going to be the MVP of the MLS. He came out of the French League in his prime. He's so talented. There are great American players there. So all I'm saying to you is that this is the best sports experience in this city. And listen, I got, the, the only problem I have with that, I'm, the only thing I would check you on, I'm going to say well, Carlos Vela. Sure. Carlos Vela is the biggest star ahead of LeBron after LeBron fucked up Space Jam. Otherwise, it would still be LeBron. That's the only issue I have with that statement. But I'm telling you this, and, and this is where we mess up in the media. We don't pay attention to the fact that this is a very diverse community in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is technically in Mexico. It's Los Angeles. And you look at, we have a huge Latino community. And in sports, we ignore that. It's wild to watch how we ignore the Latino community so often. But that community shows out and shows up. You see people of all race, creeds, and colors at an LAFC game. And it is amazing the way it's done. And they handled it and they built a great franchise. And so shout out to all the folks there. My man, Will Farrell, my guy, Richard Roscoe, Larry Burke, all them folks. Y'all are kicking ass and they've done a hell of a job. And until you go, you won't understand it. There's a lot of people out there like Kevin Frazier's full of shit. He lost his mind. He's on entertainment now. He has no idea. I'm, what he's not, talking. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I would never say that. I mean, what, what you say matters to me as much as what anybody <laughs> says, because you've covered everything, everything. You've done everything. You've seen everything. You've been a part of everything. I would never, ever, 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 ever say that, dude. What you think and what you say matters <laughs> to me as much as anybody, because my brother, I love and respect you as much as anybody. And what can I tell you, dude? I, I, I just mean this. I, I've got no bones about saying this now at this point in my life, my point in my career. I appreciate you so much, dude. I love you, and I have incredible respect for you, and I couldn't be more proud of you, Kevin. You know, Jim, this is what I got to say, and this is what people need to understand. You know, I, 
and I told you this the first time I met you. I started watching you when you were on Talk To, and I was like, I love the way this dude handles his business. And I watched you mushroom into this mega star. And you were my boy and have always been my boy. Even when you were at the height of heights and all the crazy shit, you've always been the same dude. And I love that. I respect it because what you do is so hard, man. Staying at the top and staying in that mix is so hard. You know, we know each other's families. And I love getting that crazy Christmas card every year from y'all. Please. Much love to your wife. Much love to you, man. I have no qualms and always saying that you are my man, my boy, my heart. I love you. And um, I love that we had a chance to talk. No, dude, I appreciate that so much. It means the world to me because I know, and it's not like this now, like it used to be, but it used to be a point where it was not always a popular thing to say, yo, that's my guy. That's my boy. I'm in the trenches yeah. with him. And you always did. And you always did. So I will forever love you and respect you and appreciate <laughs> you. My brother, Kevin, thank you so much. Dude, I know how busy you are. Really great to get caught up. Thank you, man. Yeah, I love talking to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. And um, when are you having an English beat over the house? <laughs> My dude, how awesome is K-Frage? He has seen it all. Who else can say they were at the King's Coronation in London and only a few days later interviewing Janet Jackson in New York City on their way home? Kevin can. In fact, Kevin's about the only person who could say that, and he has got stories like that for days. I could talk to him for days, but I'll take a solid 30 minutes whenever I can get it. So thanks to my dude, Butta, a pro's pro, one of my best friends. I love the man. And conversations like this one are exactly why I started this podcast 267 episodes ago. Premium, extended, unfiltered, long-form, one-on-ones that you cannot get and you will not hear anywhere else. And don't worry, there are always more on the way. So if you're interested in more, consider subscribing right now. That way you will be the first to know when the next one drops. If you can, can you please find that subscribe button, smash that subscribe button, I will catch you for episode 268 next week right here on the Jim Rohn Podcast. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.